0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Your Ben Jarofsky show for this Wednesday, November 22nd starts now. On today's program, Ben's guest puts the integrity in journalistic integrity. You know him, you love him, Monroe Anderson. The Ben Jarofsky Show is a presentation of the Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for everything there is to know in the city of Chicago. If you want to know what to do, where to go, what to eat, what to drink, where the best place to hide from your family around the holidays is... I don't know if that one's there, but the rest of it, you can head to chicagoreader.com and find out. And if you want more Ben Jarofsky, he hangs out there, too, on the weekends, on his off time. Head to chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. That's J-O-R-A, V is in victory, S-K-Y.
0: Hello again, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Peace in the Middle East Wednesday, and here's why. Well, because there's peace in the Middle East, sort of. Not really. I'm not sure there'll ever be peace in the Middle East completely. Uh, But uh, the breaking news uh, last night was uh, that uh, Hamas uh, and Israel had reached an accord of sorts. uh, And uh, Israel had agreed to stop shelling, bombing Gaza for four days. uh, And Hamas had agreed to release, I think, 50 hostages. Uh, In addition, uh, Israel released some prisoners, some Palestinian prisoners they held four days. That's what we get, four days of a ceasefire. Uh, listen, I'm thankful for any secession of the bombing uh, in Gaza, any end uh, to the carnage uh, that's going on there. Uh, I, I, any day, like four days, I'm hoping it turns into five days. Uh, it's a little optimistic. And then six days, and then seven days, and then eight days. I know I realize saying that, how naive I sound. In so many ways, I am completely naive when it comes to, uh, to issues of Israel and Palestine. Hey, folks listen to this show uh, know uh, that um, I was forced a ceasefire from the get-go, from the moment um, Hamas launched that uh, savage assault in Israel, the slaughter of Israelis, uh, the gunning down of innocents. Yes, that's how I look at it. And the capturing of hostages. I personally uh, as went into a, a funk and depression over that. Monroe Anderson has listened to me. He knows because we've had many conversations about it. But I did not believe, I did not want Israel to um, have retali- retaliation. And I know that sounds weird. I know that sounds naive. And I, I, I understand. So I'm, I am way out of touch and the norm with people uh, in this country, people in the world in general in this position, Monroe. I didn't want it going back to 2001. Uh, I did not want the United States to just go bombing people uh, in retaliation for blowing up the World Trades Tower and attacking the Pentagon uh, as upset and scary and frightening and challenging as that that was. I I just, I feel like you're in a, a, a cycle with retaliation. And at some point you have to pull back and you just have to try to look at the underlying causes. And then you have to try to make peace. And I realize when I say that, I'm completely like in a very small minority. It's a principle I apply everywhere. It's a principle I apply here in Chicago, you know, where, uh, with the with the violence we have in our city. We're like, oh, you offended me? Well, I'll show you. I'll shoot you. How about in City Hall? The violence we see, didn't that like rhetorical violence. Oh, you push me, I'll push you back. That whole Chicago thing, you know, you hit me, I'll hit you back. I'm Chicago, I'm tough. You know, I, I, I've just, I've never bought into it. And uh, I know it's completely unreasonable. Uh, and I, I realize that nobody else or very few people have that same attitude. Maybe Monroe, I don't know. We'll get his thoughts on it. And maybe it has something to do with my Evanston upbringing where everybody was so nice, at least on the surface. And, uh, but that's how I view it. That's how I have viewed it um, from the get go. And uh, so I'm happy at the moment that there's some peace, four days, I peace in quotes, and that there's uh, this ceasefire. Uh, And I have to smile. I've been getting uh, (laughs) criticized, some emails, texts, et cetera, and so forth, or comments that I'm a traitor to Israel because of the position I have. I told Monroe this before we went in here. You're a traitor, Ben. You know, I'm like, I'm a traitor? Wow. That's deep. And that's like, wow, I, I'm a traitor because I want peace. Yeah, the world is in a very, uh, very weird, strange place. Actually, I'm not sure if it's any different than where it was before October 7th, but at least in this corner of the world, and passions are so red hot right now on both sides. Okay, both sides. I got some lefty friends who've lost their minds, they don't have anything at stake. They don't live in Gaza. They don't live in Israel. No relatives there. They're just jumping on this thing, pounding in their chest. One step away from going, yeah, eradicate Israel. You guys got some issues too. Just saying. You, know, you got to look. I think everybody should look in the mirror a little bit. But anyway, I, I'm just very appreciative that at this moment, we've embraced the word cease. We couldn't even talk about ceasefire, Monroe. You know, we had a whole conversation. You and I have talked about it. David Ferris and I have talked about it. Can you use the word ceasefire? No, it, politically it's not acceptable. So I'm a, I'm happy at least for the moment that we've moved to a state where we can talk at least uh, about a ceasefire without it being politically incorrect. And we can have a ceasefire if it's only for four days. Uh, your general thoughts, Monroe.
2: You can't talk about two states either. Besides to ceasefire, the the concept of a a, a two state solution is mm-hmm. out, and and this is because of Netanyahu. He he is Israel's Trump, and he you know, and and this war is his wagging the dog, what he's doing because it distracts from. Um, all the corruption that he's been in charge with, um, but I agree with you that uh, the ceasefire is a good thing. I, uh, I, I for one don't have much stomach for killing somebody's children because they killed yours uh, as as a revenge tactic. I, yeah. I think at some point. Um, you have to come to the understanding that the children have nothing, should not have anything to do with this war and they shouldn't be um, like a, a side casualty. Well,
0: let it. me ask you this. All right. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm going to uh, push you back a little bit. A couple things. Okay. Uh, so two uh, in after 9-11, were you talking this way? After nine eleven, the United States was attacked. Thousands of people were killed. Were you saying no retaliation, no eye for an
2: eye? I wasn't saying eye for an eye. I, I thought that the Taliban should be hit. Uh, that we should have a a a, a, a uh, something to put them in check. You know, and this was even before 9-11 because I don't know if you remember this, but. There was this whole ancient carving in the mountains, right across from where they were, and they bombed it and destroyed it.
0: About Uh, the Taliban, yes. Mm -hmm. The
2: Taliban, and at that point, I thought these something needs to be done to these people. They're crazy. Uh, And so I thought we should do them. I did not think that we should go into Iraq. I've, ne- I've never thought that we should bomb, 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 bomb Iran. I I think that um, we should negotiate.
0: Yeah. Well, I I I mean, redoing nine eleven it just reminds me so much. Uh, well, obviously, the, um, the extent of the violence of the carnage that Hamas caused was greater proportionally than nine eleven. Yeah. Uh, but so just going back to nine eleven and talking about it, I, I remember how horrified I was at the time. Cause I love New York city and it was just such a, a brutal blow. And then, uh, think of all those firefighters, and police officers who rushed to the scene and, uh, you know, and then they right. died when the second building came down. And then the aftermath, uh, where, uh, Oh, my God, I just had Juan Gonzalez, a great journalist, as a guest last week, and he did so, so many investigative stories on this, uh, how uh, Giuliani dropped the ball on making sure that the uh, first responders who had uh, gotten illness in the aftermath of 9-11 got the medical care they deserved and needed. It, it took forever for Congress to come through for that. Remember John Stewart having to go to Congress and debate? Right. You know, and I, uh, I thought that uh, in the aftermath, the first thing the United States should have done is like, sift through and see where our uh, security failures were that left us vulnerable. And two, uh, what was the backdrop to this? Like our foreign policy initiatives that led uh, people to hate us so much. I actually thought that that was a moment of reflection and learning. But I don't feel we learned anything, Monroe. I immediately started creating wars and countries that had nothing to do with it. And they Colin Powell ruined his credibility by going before the United Nations and and speaking the script that that uh, the Bushies gave him. Remember?
2: Yeah, yeah but he, he he was conned. But yeah, but he shouldn't have fallen for it. He was being yeah. a good soldier. He's been a good soldier. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, so uh, I um, that's how that's kind of how I saw it at the time. I did not get off on the like the time everybody was like, Yeah, bomb them, bomb them back to the middle ages.
2: Back then, when that happened, I put a big no war sign in my front window. You did that's how I yeah, 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 that's how I felt about it.
0: You know, Monroe's an old hippie, (laughs)
2: right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Monroe's an old hippie, man. (laughs) He has all that Gary stuff, but he's an old hippie man. He's smoking reefer right. like crazy I, in the '60s.
2: <laughs> right, I haven't, I haven't. the only, The only war I liked was World War II, and and the Civil War. Those are the only two wars with <laughs> countries involved in. And I went, yeah, right, right on, right on.
0: Monroe, we we'd have been on the front lines of the Civil War. Right. Uh, <laughs> And just so you know, neither Monroe nor I were around uh, for World War II or the Civil War. Just saying, okay, right. we're, uh, we're not that old, but,
2: but I we're, kicked the ass in the revolutionary, <laughs> uh, yeah. So,
0: uh, so help me out with the, the accusation that I'm a traitor, uh, because I wanted a ceasefire, which is, um, people throwing at me. Have has anybody ever thrown that at you, like in the back in the day? When you were, uh, we had a, a rift here in Chicago in the black community, that's putting it mildly. A right. big division that led to 30 years of daily and ROM. Uh, and uh, thanks for nothing. Uh, and uh, you went with uh, Sawyer, you were his press secretary right. and the Tim Evans folks were outraged. Uh, did anybody ever call you a traitor?
2: Uh, no, they, my, my credentials at that time was as such, they just, they just told me that I made the a bad mistake. I made the wrong decision. But nobody, to my face at least, I didn't know what they were saying behind my back. But Dorothy Tillman, for example, told me I should have talked to them before I went to work for Sawyer. And um, Vernon Jarrett uh, called me up to tell me that... Um, I I made a mistake that I was I was putting my credibility online. To which I said to him, I'm just trying to um keep you from putting the white man back in power. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he hung up on me.
0: He hung up you didn't really say that,
2: did you? I did. I did. I that's exactly <laughs> what I said. Oh my <laughs> God. God. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's hilarious. You told that. All right. Just to help some of the younger people out there. Dorothy Tillman was the alderman uh, from the third ward. Pat Dowell's currently on Pat Dowell defeated Dorothy Tillman. I think it was in 2003. Don't quote me. People look it up. I'm pretty sure it was 2003. Uh, Dorothy Tillman was known as the woman who wore hats. She always had these hats that she wore to city council. So like people, she was instantly recognizable for her hats, uh, she uh, turned into a big-time, big-time supporter of Richard M. Daly. A little, lone fact, she loved Richard M. Daly. But after Harold died, she was a supporter of Harold. After Harold died, uh, she became a supporter of Tim Evans. It uh, was particularly antagonistic toward uh, anyone who uh, dared to go with Eugene Sawyer. A huge mistake, in my humble opinion. Uh, by the Harold Washington coalition to make such a big issue about a difference between Tim Evans uh, and Gene Sawyer, but you couldn't talk. It's like lefties, man. You cannot talk. Uh, You cannot really get a lefty to, to rethink his or her position. You follow me Monroe. I mean, there's just so much like I'm right. And I know everything (laughs) that, that is just, it's just so the notion of a person, a lefty in Chicago, like having an open mind on on something. Am I being unfair, Monroe? Think about it. You lived through it. You know what I'm saying. It's like well, no, we're all, right.
2: All you Bernie Bros were attacking me back like, then, like, trying to turn me. In. You were a little more polite than to call me a traitor or anything, but I, I was something, and it wasn't. I ever you a traitor. <laughs> Uh, That's I was trying to tell you that uh Biden would be <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. No, my goodness. Oh Lord, you're still pre- preach. preaching. We'll get into that, ladies and gentlemen. We'll get into that. Joe Biden, man. The joy hate for Joe Biden. Everyone's trying to be such a badass by beating up on Joe Biden. It's like this is how this is how people do it. They look for the weakest person and they go for. Him. You know what I mean? That's uh, I'm tough. I'm gonna beat up on Joe Biden because you know he's like they think like wow he's eighty. Is it? Didn't he just
2: have a birthday? Didn't yeah, he have birthday? Eighty-one. He's officially the oldest president in American history right now.
0: Damn. He, what is he? Eighty-one.
2: Mm-hmm. Eighty-one.
0: Wow. He's eighty-one years old. So it's like yeah, he's an old man. Let's beat him up. <laughs> See how feeble he is. I'm tough.
2: Right, I know, and Trump is is a youthful seventy seven.
0: Yeah, Trump is demented. People, <laughs> come
2: on, man! You listen to Trump; he's a lunatic. Well, he's still running against Obama. He hasn't gotten over that, and he never got a chance to actually beat him. So he's running against Obama.
0: Yeah, Obama. See, oh, we'll get into all of this stuff because uh, David Axelrod is having a fight with Joe Biden. We're going to have a little fun with that one. Monroe's old friend, uh, David Axelrod. Uh, is showing how tough he is by uh fighting uh Biden, but uh, so all right, so nobody ever uh said you were a traitor, they just oh, and the other person, Vernon Jarrett, uh, it was uh, a columnist for the tribute and the Sun Times, a black man, and um, is it what's that?
2: He had a TV show,
0: he had a TV show, yeah. uh, he passed on, I believe. Don't uh quote me, let Monroe will let me know. Isn't he Valerie Jarrett? Or wasn't he Valerie Jarrett's father-in-law?
2: Um, briefly, yes. They she she married his son. It was a big wedding, big black society wedding. Uh, his son was a doctor, and um, then his his son they divorced, and his son married someone else.
0: Uh, and Were you at the wedding? Were you invited?
2: No. Le- Leonita McLean was, but I was not.
0: There's another name from the past. Uh, Leonita McLean, my, perhaps the most talented newspaper writer uh, to emerge in Chicago post-75. I'm putting that out there. She was brilliant, in my humble opinion, I don't know if, if Monroe agrees with me. Uh, and she wrote for the Tribune, uh, which I, I, I could have advised her not I, to do that.
2: Right. But, I put her at the second most talented.
0: <laughs> okay, Monroe <laughs> Anderson being number one. <laughs> okay, my mistake. Uh, and uh, she was
2: very good.
0: <laughs> She was a little few years older than me. And I was kind of in awe of her. I got I met her once, and uh, I wanted to tell her leave the Tribune. Nothing good will come out of you being at the Tribune. <laughs> Tribune is just such a hateful place. I don't know. This is my opinion.
2: Like they loved. They loved. They loved her and Clarence Page. That's the truth. The white people did, and they didn't care much for me at all.
0: That's no, they, no. You God, Monroe was up to it. he was he was a known troublemaker, but I am. I feel like Leonina McClain um, was never at home at the Tribune. Clarence Page, the the columnist, Pulitzer Prize-winning columnist, old friend of Monroe's, he's been there for 40 years. He seems like he he likes being at the Tribune.
2: No longer than oh. He 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 was the second black reporter hired at the Tribune. Yeah. Clarence second, Page?
0: Number two, yes. Who was number one? Uh, Joe Boyce, B-O-Y-C-E.
2: Yeah. That shows you
0: how he, racist Chicago is, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Oh my God! Right, You're he, he B- Boyce was a Chicago policeman, and they hired him. The first black, the first black journalist was a Chicago policeman. So, and he did quite I, well. He did. He he went on to work for um, the, the Wall Street Journal and other places.
0: Okay, so let me just set this up a little bit, and Monroe, and then you riff yeah so this goes back we're talking like 60s and 70s uh it was a much different time in the terms of media and newspapers were giants this is before well for the internet millennials stick sit by i'm gonna be an old man at the fireplace telling you how it was newspapers were giants they like that's how you <laughs> that's how you got your news right. uh and then the tv reporters they would read what was in the newspaper and they go say it in the microphone so that's kind of how it went you know let's not, let's not kid ourselves here. And uh, like Chicago, in the there was a second great migration of black people to the city in the 40s and the 50s, was already 30 to 40% black. And the, the notion that these giant, this giant institution, perhaps the number one, I think it was the number one red newspaper in the city of Chicago, that's why I had to read it as much as I couldn't stand it. The Chicago Tribune, with its right-wing policies and viewpoint, would only have one black reporter in the 60s. That's like just Monroe. I can't even get the words out. That just symbolizes how frequent, freaking backwards this city was when it comes to race. Am I correct?
2: Oh yeah, no. They, um, Boyce was hired in sixty seven or sixty eight. Clarence was hired in sixty nine. Wow. I in sixty eight summer sixty eight. I was an intern at Newsweek magazine, and um, one of my assignments was to. Interview all four editors of the the, the newspapers, Chicago newspapers, on uh, and the story. The headline to the story was how the white um, media attempts to reach the black community. And so I, I, I interviewed all four editors of Tribune, Sun Times, Daily News, and uh, American Today. This, the Daily News and America Today were evening newspapers. The Tribune and sometimes were morning newspapers. Uh, because of TV, um, evening newspapers weren't very long for their time anymore. Mm, that's correct. But anyway, I interviewed all four editors, and all four of them inquired if I was interested in working for them. Following and, that in-
0: and then ultimately he chose the tribute.
2: Mm-hmm. No, ultimately, well, first of all, I told him I had to finish college. I thought it would be a good idea. Because I was in my um, second junior year in college. <laughs> it took me five years to graduate. From oh, college yeah.
0: You did that victory lap.
2: <laughs> right. Because of the Vietnam War. There was no incentive <laughs> to get out of college. <laughs>
0: I like it here.
2: Exactly. How anyone can like Bloomington, Indiana, I
0: do not know, exactly. but
2: Monroe did exactly. They oh. they 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 burned the cross. When I was there, they burned the cross on a black student's log. Uh, uh, one black student opened a box bookstore up, and they burned that down. Uh, yeah, but. It, it was, it was better than Vietnam, so.
0: Uh, that's a valid point, right. I should correct no,
2: But anyway, so my first job when I graduated from college was the National Observer, which mm-hmm. was a Dow Jones publication. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. the first Black to be hired there. Yeah. And when I say first Black, I mean, there was no Black secretaries. There were no Black j- j- janitors. But there, there, was, there was no Black nothing, just me.
0: Uh so um yeah, all right. So it took a while before you went to the tribute. So uh all right Right. like going back uh to the two points I made. So no one has ever called you traitor. Okay. Uh you've been exempted.
2: To my face. face. I can't I can't say what they they, behind your back. All kinds of things behind my back. I I, um at one point I learned that I was gay.
0: When did you learn that and who told you?
2: When I was press secretary, somebody told me that. Uh, they had heard that I was gay by the rumor mill.
0: So, okay, so, ladies and gentlemen, while we're, we'll get back to the Middle East and Biden, uh, Monroe has some interesting thoughts on that. Uh, But, so you need to know this, youngsters. Uh, One of the things that we had that split in Chicago And uh, it was the Harold Washington forces uh, versus the Ed Burke. Yeah, Ed Burke, the guy in trial right now. He led the racists, okay? I know he got a standing ovation from the city council, but he was leading the racists. Think about that uh, in their fight against um, Harold Washington. And this is something else they did. Anybody they wanted to quote-unquote malign who is on the Harold side, they would go to the press room and whisper to the reporters at the press office, the baby boomer reporters, that so-and-so is gay. I mean, people told me, did you know that so-and-so is gay? I don't even think they used the word gay. They used a different word. Yeah. Uh, you can figure it out, millennials, Zs out there. You go figure it out. This is this the These are the people that you worship, Chicago, at Burke. This is the kind of games that you were playing at Ed Burke, and Redoli, like all these guys. got a standing ovation in the city council, right? Monroe. I'm not making this up. That's what they would say. Like to undermine people. Like it was somehow this really horrible secret that, 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 Hey, we're going to reveal go.
2: Being press secretary was a very stressful job at that point. And as a result, I had a stress related, um, experience where i would get a, a a hard spot on my right leg where it was just the flesh got hard and it would travel up my right leg and travel through my body to, to, to the next the other part and I, I don't know what was calling causing it except stress that was the only thing that could be attributed to at one point it went to my face and half my face was swollen i looked like the elephant man <laughs> And Burke says to me, uh, what happened to you? Uh, You've been playing around too much with little boys. And I said, uh, no, I said, I may have been playing around with little girls who were playing around with little boys, but I haven't been doing that. That
0: was the mindset.
2: Right, right.
0: That was the mindset. Uh, and a heck of a job on the standing ovation, City Council Fred Burke. Uh, that's your guy, right? Um, all right. Uh, so the um, the ceasefire in the Middle East, four day ceasefire. That's about all I can get out of this. Uh, was the result of intense negotiations uh, and um, involving several parties. Uh, And it's pretty clear uh, that the Biden White House was uh, starting to put pressure on Netanyahu to at least have some kind of ceasefire. Uh, Not that anyone will ever give Joe Biden credit for anything, because like I said, it's the popular thing these days to bash Biden. Uh, But Monroe Anderson is one of the few people in the world unafraid to give Joe Biden credit for something. Uh, and uh, he's been giving Joe Biden credit for a lot of things since he had to take the slings and arrows of uh, the Bernie forces in 2019 and uh, 2016. Well, no, that was with Hillary. Anyway, all right, so uh, you get Biden credit to some degree for this e- limited uh, ceasefire, limited though it is?
2: Yeah yeah you have to give him credit for it. what what okay this is this is what was happening with that biden was praising netanyahu and giving total support to israel so that behind the scenes he could he could he could put pressure on them to quit doing what they were doing to stop killing folks uh, by his publicly saying that he backed Netanyahu, he backed Israel um, unequivocally and gave him cover so that he could pressure them on, wait, you're not doing this right. You're making the same mistake that we made during, during, after 9-11, and, and you shouldn't be doing it. Uh the way this we got to where we are with this um, pause, I think they're calling it not calling it a ceasefire, they're calling it a pause for four days, is um we we got Qatar involved as a negotiator. And Cutter has influence over Hamas because Qatar, one of the richest countries in the whole world, it's real tiny. It's whole population is three hundred thousand. Anyway, if you are a leader of Hamas, where do you hang out in Qatar? And so the the, the Hamas leaders were um, had refuge in Qatar, so they had to pay attention to. Um, cutters on uh, chilling out a little bit. And then uh, the U.S. was press, pressuring Israel to chill out a little bit. And so this is where we are because how many innocent people need to die before you, you go, well, I think that's wrong.
0: Yeah, I... Um... I your your basic point is uh, that Joe Biden used that embrace of Netanyahu uh, to give himself uh, the cover that he needed to put pressure on him behind the scenes. Right. Uh, I, I'm not there, so I don't know exactly what went down behind the scenes. I know that I was really upset by the embrace of Netanyahu at the time, right? Uh, and I had was really hoped that he hadn't uh, done that. But um you're not the only person who's told me, Ben, you don't understand how this game is played. Uh in this this was a necessary move uh in order to give himself some leverage. So behind the scenes he could put pressure on uh, Netanyahu. And, and I'm not certain
2: I'd buy yeah, that. Had, 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 had Biden just out and out said uh, criticize criticized Israel and Netanyahu um he would have met all sorts of resistance from um, Democrats, Republicans, independents, everybody. Oh, yeah, so
0: I live in the world of the left and yeah. in my world, pretty much everyone is, uh, denounces Israel uh, and uh, points out that this the savagery has got to end. Right. And, uh, but I realize that the yeah. world that I live in, that I occupy in the United right. States of America, is a subset of a much larger political universe. I understand that, Monroe, okay?
2: Right. It's, it's those people that are calling you... Uh, traitors.
0: traitors.
2: Yeah. But um, the rest, of the, the rest yeah. of the country, the rest of the world... Uh, not the world. The rest of the Yeah, it's country. like
0: de- when, in yeah. The nine, uh, denouncing daily and being told I should move to Detroit. So I I understand. There were yeah. and there were I actually had fewer allies in the fight against Daly than I do in this one. <laughs> Trust me when I tell you there's more people uh who are paying attention to local politics and a position local politics uh in a, into an ideology, uh like a progressive ideology versus a centrist oh, yeah. ideology yeah. than I there were like, in the nineties, Monroe. Yeah, people, or, you know,
2: these were white Chicagoans, black Chicagoans. Or telling you to move to Detroit.
0: Black Chicagoans, oh, my goodness. The conversations David's, David's I have was
2: quiet, right?
0: They were like, you got to cut a deal with the man, Ben. This is how the way world works. Right. You got to cut right. a deal with the man. I mean, you know what black people have told me? Ben, right. let me explain how this works. <laughs> Wallace Davis, shout out. I've had many conversations, the former alderman of the 27th Ward. Yeah. Ben, you got to cut a deal with the man. That's how it goes in Chicago, okay? Uh, so I never was... They were going.
2: explaining, that they were, they were explaining themselves.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: That's what they were do. Uh,
0: and I'm always being accused of being naive. That is something that comes with it. You're naive. Uh, you don't understand, uh, how the world works. Well, I, I do notice. Um, I don't believe anyone will give Biden credit for anything. I think, uh, that this... It's not a very, uh, it's not a moment where uh, there's a lot of love for Joe Biden on any front. And there's just open contempt uh, for Biden uh, on the MAGA side. And uh, I saw some of the commercial shout out uh, listener Frank sent it to me uh, that uh, Mike Masters is running for his Senate campaign, which is an appeal, Monroe, uh, where uh, it's an appeal to Jewish voters. Saying it's so bizarre that a MAGA person would be articulating this this view uh, that uh, anti-Semitism is on the rise, and it's on the rise because the radical left has indoctrinated, groomed the children of America to be anti-Semitic. And I'm like, man, what a freaking flip flop! Uh, it wasn't it wasn't lefties marching through the streets as Nazis with the yeah. little with the torches. You know what I mean? It's not lefties saying uh, that Jews are behind the evil behind the bringing in uh, immigrants. That's Elon Musk and the right. You get what I'm saying? But oh,
2: yeah, yeah. But, this is,
0: but they're using this war to try to get li- Jewish they borders.
2: Use, they lie. That's 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 one of their uh, default positions.
0: Yeah.
2: Is like, When confronted with facts, they lie. They deny them, time and time again. And um, and if you look at Georgia, uh, they it it got so bad that yesterday uh, the prosecutor just just she she called them liars. The lawyers, she called the lawyers liars.
0: Yeah. No, this uh all right. Well this uh moves to the, the next issue. Uh we're one day out of from Thanksgiving. But you put crystal ball out here. Uh a year from now, will uh when we're one day out for Thanksgiving, will we be facing the pros- prospects of present president elect Trump?
2: I, I don't know. Because a year is a long time. Yeah, Trump has a whole lot of problems. Uh, one of which is that while everybody is um, focused on what, whether um, Biden is senile or not, Trump definitely, obviously, has some some issues, and the pressure is mounting. And it's and it's taking its toll on him. Yeah, he's 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 getting confused as to where he is when he's, he's he's doing speeches. Uh, he's he's he on more than one occasion, he's talked about how he beat or was gonna beat Obama. He's confused as to who he's gonna face. Uh, and and uh, this is obvious. Um, the MAGA crowd is so slavishly behind him that they're ignoring this, but it it becomes more and more obvious with each passing week. And so I don't know. I mean, I think at some point, um, he, he, between the pressure, you know, with four trials going on right now and, um, and his aging process and his in the first time in his life that he was not in control of everything um he he may have lost his mind by then
0: yeah uh well yeah that's true um i actually think he's now. lost his mind already actually oh yeah right right yeah. uh, but
2: uh now i'm talking about where he can't hide it anymore well, I, I, mean, he I don't think he's, he's been it hiding
0: it. it, he's even trying to hide it,
2: you know. Well, except um, it's, he, well he's made it his brand, yeah. I'm a yeah, crazy, exactly. yes. right? But, yeah. um, his his this saying that he's crazy and acting like he's crazy, uh, at some point, um, the MAGA folks are going to call. Wow, he really is crazy. <laughs> we'll vote for him anyway, I'm though. Acting, <laughs>
0: yeah, we'll vote for him anyway. a lunatic. Right. So, all right, let, let's let's uh, let's close with uh, a little Biden Axerod talk. I've been uh, really uh, looking forward to having this conversation with you. So, uh, this uh, David Axerod, the, the brilliant political strategist—do uh, I call him brilliant? The really smart political strategist uh, who was one of the architects of Barack Obama's. A successful run in 2008 uh, is uh, having a few
2: a genius back then. what's that they were called... in 2008 he was being called a genius
0: a genius the boy yeah. genius even though yeah, he was yeah. in his 50s uh, is having a spat of sorts with uh, Joe think, Biden I
2: think you and, and, uh, and um, Axelrod are the same age I mean literally uh,
0: no he's um, I know this because uh, I used to oh. play basketball against him uh, he's a re- incredible jump shot or not even jump shot. He doesn't actually le- leave the ground. It's more of like a set shot Monroe, but he's really two good. Two
2: hands is a 2 one hand under one hand on top. <laughs> I'm going
0: gonna, I'm gonna to say something else about David Axerat. his yeah. greatest contribution. To any game of pickup basketball that he's playing, and, and you know, folks, I'm, I'm just honest on the mic. His greatest contribution is his creativity when it comes to keeping score. No matter what happens, his team is always winning. Okay, I'm like, damn, he, David Axelrod keeps scoring a pickup basketball game the way Donald Trump keeps scoring an election. Somehow, however, no matter uh, how many golf. points
2: the other team scores, Axelrod right. team is winning. Right. Or or, or Trump yeah. Trump plays golf that way too. Yeah, Trump plays winning. golf. Yeah. Trump, Trump
0: and Axe are come from the same cloth when it comes to mathematics. we well, New
2: Yorkers. What can you say?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, but I, he is a smart guy, in my humble opinion.
2: Yeah, he uh, is.
0: And uh, he knows politics really well. Uh, and uh, I don't agree with his centrist point of view, but he understands. You know, he knows the game he's playing. Uh, and... Um, so he uh, tweeted out that uh, perhaps the Dems, uh, you know, he took those Nate uh, Cohn uh, polls that we t- uh, were in in the New York Times a couple of weeks ago, which David Ferris and I really picked apart. I urge everybody to check out that interview uh, where it showed that uh, uh, Trump was beating Biden in swing states. Uh, and he took those polls and he says, maybe it's time the Dems uh, got a new uh, candidate uh, for 2024. Uh, And then that got the Biden folks really mad. And behind the scenes, apparently Joe Biden uh, is calling Axelrod a prick. Uh, And uh, Maureen Dow, the New York Times columnist, weighed in on Sunday and she goes, David Axelrod is not a prick. How about that for a lead, Monroe? (laughs) David Axelrod is not a prick. And then she goes, I've known him since 2007. And I'm like, 2007? 2007? You're yeah. not the Axrod explainer. Monroe Anderson has known this dude since the seventies. He's the Axrod explainer. Yeah, I, I, next I, time you write about Ax-erod, I called yeah, Monroe.
2: Right, I knew I knew him when he and Derek Blakely were interns. Ah, oh,
0: And he would be going, "Hey, Mr. Anderson,
2: how are you doing today?"
0: <laughs> He's like a little, uh, you know, Eddie Haskell type with Monroe. Mr. Anderson, you're looking very impressive today. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: I, I, I remember i was the trouble banker so he was, oh yeah yeah
0: he
2: he he, he 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 i was not his role model by any stretch
0: but did he ever counsel you like you know monroe if you played this game differently you might be getting ahead yeah you right know, uh, advice no, like that no. No, 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 no you know there's no reason to be an angry black man you know you can right. get ahead um so uh anyway, what's your thoughts about uh this this little uh, skirmish that's broken out between the centrists, man? Uh you have a whole theory about it, so uh the floor is yours.
2: Axarod yeah. go
0: ahead.
2: Yeah. Axarod has never liked Biden. Mm-hmm. When 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 Joe Biden was Obama's vice president, Axarod didn't like him. When Joe Biden uh was going to run for president. Axelrod did not like him. Uh, and Axelrod still doesn't like Joe Biden. He, he never had any respect for him. You know, he didn't get the email um, about <laughs> Biden being um, misunderstood and underrated and doing an impressive job uh, all along having Having uh, uh, incre- incredible political insight because he had been playing the game for as long as he had. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, Obama was almost as far back as Biden in the polls as Biden is now. So um, his polling should have nothing to do with it. Yeah. Part part of Axelrod's um, charge now is that Biden is too old. Period. You know, uh, yeah. And, you know, um, and just completely dismissing all the accomplishments he, he's had. But the other thing is, though, is, is that um, apparently I've heard this from a couple of different places. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the Obama people mm-hmm. are, are are jealous of the Biden people. <laughs> so weird administration because Biden has accomplished more than Obama did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I you guys gotta get over that. That's ridiculous. Uh yeah, you were that's that was your theory that you dropped on me uh today before we went on air. And I'm thinking about i thinking about Barack Obama uh is He's got such a, a great life post presidency. You know, he's he and his wife are producing some great flicks. Rustin, I want to see it. You know, they,
2: you haven't uh, seen it yet.
0: I haven't seen it yet.
2: No, it's good. Is uh, oh, it good, good? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I
0: definitely plan to watch it. So uh, every now and then he gives a speech. You know, he weighs in on policy, etc., and so forth. Uh, so the man is living a, a great life. Uh, and uh, he had triumphant political runs as president. Isn't that enough to a certain degree? Why you got to tear down
2: Biden? Like, well, it, I, I don't know if he is doing it. Oh, but that was another problem no, with.
0: But that, his like, his his little factotums are doing his, it. Go people,
2: ahead. Yeah, but yeah. that was another problem that Biden has had with Obama, mm-hmm. is that rather than backing him uh, yeah. and his vice president for president. Back then, he went with Hillary.
0: Yeah, you're right. right. In retrospect, do you think Biden would have beat Trump in 2016?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Well, you know, okay, this this is the difference between Biden and Hillary. Um, Biden had the advantage of hindsight. And so he knew that he had to take Trump seriously. Hillary, did. Hillary, and her crowd uh, from New York didn't take him seriously <laughs> because he was a joke in New York. Yeah. Everybody knew that that Trump was a clown yeah. and was incompetent, and so they just did not take him seriously. And so, as um, she didn't go, she didn't, she didn't um, campaign in the right places at the right time. And so she got eased out in the electoral college remember she got three million votes more popular votes yeah than Trump.
0: yeah and no Trump. I yeah I remember very well right. uh and uh it was a terrible campaign in retrospect uh that the Clintons ran I mean no no reason to to revisit that one but I think about it from time to time because right. uh it just everything they did a misjudgment and and it includes Michelle Obama's uh Famous or infamous quote, uh, when they go low, we go high, Uh, which just, in my opinion, uh, was um, expressed out of a sense that they were uh, so far ahead in the polls, they couldn't lose. That's that's how I read that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, there's no reason to go low uh, because we're going to win anyway. Um, As opposed to. When they go, you know, as a philosophy of life that yeah. Michelle yeah. Obama has. Do you think that's Michelle Obama's philosophy of life, Minard? Do you think that's Barack Obama's philosophy of life, uh, or do you think they're like in the oh, no, Chicago? They, school? No, they
2: are right. They no, they are the good guys. That's how they view themselves. Um, I covered. I, I was on the Obama press bus mm-hmm. uh, covering it, the primary in New Hampshire. And um, when Hillary wasn't going high, she she was going low. She and Bill were going low, getting to go low. And Obama was resisting that. He didn't want to start mudslinging and what have you. And um, Axelrod was very frustrated because he wanted Obama to hit back. And it was only when they got to South Carolina. And bill started comparing obama to jesse jackson
0: yeah
2: oh no no don't go there but they said okay ms yeah we're we're losing the the gloves
0: yeah uh no that's you're right you're absolutely correct uh and that's when obama showed he could counterpunch right um, and uh very effective very effective campaigner barack obama um Wonder what? Do you think Obama would beat Trump?
2: Oh yeah, one Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> o- o- Obama has his own l- little cult. Yes, not, he a, t- <laughs> not so well. <little. laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> pretty big. Yeah, it's not it's it's not as big, but uh, Obama's <laughs> Obama does have the baggage. <laughs> no. In fact. Uh, What's yeah. amazing is he didn't have one indictment during his entire campaign. Yes, well, not one.
0: I mean and, his can his, his, his uh years in the White House or is, is that what you mean?
2: Yeah, you know, during yeah. his years in the White House, during his yeah. eight years in the White House. Yeah. Uh not one. Right, we, in the meantime not one. they're gonna have yeah. the uh they're gonna have the Trump wing in one of the federal prisons yeah. before it's over.
0: Yeah. Um uh, so, uh, all right, we uh, have reached the end of this uh, particular episode. It's the day before Thanksgiving. So, Monroe, uh, f- happy Thanksgiving to you. For oldsters like Monroe and I, uh, we were talking about this before we went in the air. Thanksgiving, will always have sort of a melancholy feel to it for us because uh, it was on this day or the day before Thanksgiving uh, in 1987 that the great Harold Washington died uh, of a heart attack while he was mayor of the city of Chicago. So, I always think of Harold. I know there's a whole generation people like me and monroe same way around thanksgiving we always uh we're having thanksgiving i always think of harold washington and how great he was and how he uh sacrificed so much uh to become mayor put up with all that bs from the burks and the Berdoliaks and all those races in the city of chicago and uh, uh so a little uh, tomorrow when you have your thanksgiving dinner monroe and gary i guess you're gonna be in gary yeah. Raise a glass for the great uh, Mayor Washington, greatest mayor of the city of Chicago ever had. All right. Right. Yes. Anyway, yes. And that's one thing Monroe and I agree on, right, Monroe? Greatest yes. mayor in yes. the history of the city of Chicago. Yes.
2: Yes. No one
0: even close. It's like Jordan. Jordan is the greatest. No one's close. Sorry, Barack Obama, uh, Barack Obama lovers, LeBron James lovers. He's not close. Okay. And that's the way with Harold Sorry,
2: David, that. I'll <laughs>
0: Yeah, Axelrod would be like, well, Ben, technically, Richard uh, Daly was a great mayor. Huh? Right. <laughs> Come on, Axelrod. Even well, I, you know that Washington I, I was, is better.
2: I, I, I was speaking of one-on-one pickup.
0: Oh. <laughs> hey, Axelrod, if he's keeping score, could beat Jordan. Because the way he does it is like, no matter what Jordan scores, he's going to get a point. <laughs> Jordan would be like, what? <laughs> uh, technically, uh, Michael, uh, I'm ahead now. Uh, very creative scorekeeper david axel hey i'll tell you what they should have david axel right keeping score the next election guarantee you joe biden's gonna win that election all right very good thank you so much monroe enjoy your thanksgiving okay
2: all right okay
0: all right that's the great monroe anderson also want to thank producer chris he does an outstanding job hey producer chris give yourself a raise take it out of petty cash buy yourself a turkey take care everybody
1: And remember, you can always catch up on previous Ben Jarofsky shows, get Benny J bonus interviews, columns from Ben Jarofsky, and columns from a lot of other great reader writers, all at chicagoreader.com. Find Ben Jarofsky on Instagram, at Benny J show. And don't forget to like and subscribe to The Ben Jarofsky Show on your favorite streaming and podcasting platforms. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody.